Okay, welcome to the Cushman Expedition, where this podcast dives into an array of groundbreaking topics and guests that will leave you with a more conscious awareness of the world around you. Today on, on this show, I'm thrilled to have uh, Jason Zuck, the social psychic, on. Um, Jason Zuck has been um, a psychic medium publicly since 2004, um, and he's also a um, lawyer by trade. And he's a phenomenal human being who, through the last through the last year, he's been through quite the transformation, which is inspirational in its own right. And I can't wait to dive into his own story and get into intuition. And really, I'm really excited about this episode because Jason is a personal friend of mine and a, a, a good mentor. And I'm really excited. So, Jason, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Meryl. I appreciate being here. It's an honor. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. So, Thank you. for people who don't know you, I want you to dive into your story go back into 2004 maybe get into um when you started um getting and getting these psychic abilities sure no problem yeah i I think i we're probably born with it a lot of us are very intuitive but for me uh the real catalyst was when my grandfather passed away uh before he died because i went to the university of tampa i always had a weird feeling every time i went to see them because they lived an hour north of tampa during college myself that the day my grandfather passes away i'll be by myself with no one to console me and that was a weird feeling I always had, and I didn't understand it. So then fast forward seven years later, my grandfather in 04 had heart issues, and he suffered from a massive stroke in August of 2004. And when he actually passed away, I wound up uh, basically, I saw him the day after he had his stroke, and they thought he was going to live a couple, another couple of weeks. So my family said, go back to your legal job in Florida. It's your first year at your firm, so go back. you got to go back to work. So I went back to Tampa, left New Jersey, thinking that, I would see him at least another time, even whatever condition he was in. And he wasn't expressive. He was basically like in a coma at that point. Mm. But um, it was a massive stroke. Anyway, I wound up going to Wisconsin last minute. My boss had me fly there to cover a deposition for him. So my premonition about being alone with no one to console me when my grandfather passed happened the following day when I flew up to to uh, Wisconsin, stayed overnight, mm. and my mom called to tell me that my grandfather passed away at 8.07 at night. And when, when she called to tell me that, I was the air just kind of got taken out of me, basically. I was I, I kind of collapsed on the bed because I didn't know what to do. You, I don't know if you ever have those feelings in life where you just have something so horrible in your mindset happen to you that you don't know what you're going to do and how to react. You're in shock. Mm. And I was in shock for a few seconds when I hung up the phone with her when she said he actually passed. And I was like, oh, my God, this is exactly what I thought ahead of time mm. of what would happen. No one around me, no one to console me. And it was a really strange feeling. And then it was at nighttime there already. And these orbs of light came into my hotel room, kind of like what you see on TV for one of those unexplained shows or unsolved mysteries or mm. something you might see at TLC, one of those kind of. It was an orb of light. Or, yeah, orbs of light. Orbs little of circular light. orbs of light that circulated mm. in a circle. I'm using that word kind of a lot. But it, was, it lit up my room. And it was a hotel room that was very dark at that time. And it was August 12, 2004. I remember that's the day he died. But it's also the day I became intuitive because he came to me. It was my grandfather's energy or spirit. Mm. And he didn't speak with words, but I felt an overwhelming, unconditional wave of love just wash over me during that experience. And I felt him project thoughts into my mind, which was, don't worry about me, son. I'm always with you. Uh, Don't cry for me. Don't ever grieve me. And go get food for yourself. So it sounds simplistic. So I went to get food. And I was in the Panera Bread, which was in that area, Baraboo, Wisconsin. I remember it very well. And one of my best friends from high school, her name's Tracy, she called to check on me. When she called to check on me uh, to ask me about things, and she knew my grandfather was sick, and she's like, how's he doing? I go, oh, he just died. Her words to me was, isn't that like your premonition? Oh, my God. And she's like, but you sound fine. What happened? And I said, well, he came to me with orbs of light. And uh, she, was in, she was like, did you drink something weird in the water? Or is there something that, <laughs> you know, what are you talking about? And right. Then, Basically, I started picking up on her grandmother who had passed six months earlier, and I said to her, "Like this, you don't, you, you didn't pick up grandmothers or past never, loved ones before this. Nothing ever happened before that night, correct?" So I said to her, "If you, I know you, I could, and I could also tell that she was being skeptical. Like I started picking up her energy, which I'd never done before either. So I became attuned through this experience. <laughs> it's like you got bit by the spider or something, something like that. <laughs> my spidey sense. And so I said to her right away, I was like, you know, I'm sure you're skeptical right now. I understand I would be too, and I still am as well. But it happened." And I said, just like if your grandmother passed away, mm. she goes, she did. I go, I know that. But what if your grandmother came to you and had something to say to you? She goes, my grandmother can't. She's dead. I go, sure. But what if she had something to say? And Tracy's like, well, I don't know what you're trying to get at. And I said, well, your grandmother, did she used to like 
go to the Poconos with you and camp with you in Pennsylvania because we're from New Jersey. I said, she wants me to tell you she went there with you for six years from the time you were six to the time you were 12. And during that experience, she used to always tuck you in at night with your sister. And she would take the covers and put them up to your neck, tuck you in really tight, kiss you on the forehead and said, don't let the bed bugs bite. And that was something that our grandparents had to deal with more than us, even though there's a resurgence of that. And as soon as I said that to her, she dropped the phone crying, and I didn't understand why. Because mm. it just came out of me as an experience I was picking. I didn't know I was picking up on her grandmother. Mm. It just kind of flowed through me. Mm. And it freaked me out, too. But then her husband grabbed the phone and was like, hey, what did you just say to Tracy? And I'm like, mm. well, future husband. I was, and Anyway, long story short, that's the first experience where I realized that I was picking up on something that I didn't even understand. It's, it's so crazy how, like, the specific the the specific details and that's are so it's it's like how like how'd you know that and it's like well listen like i'm just channeling or i'm this this spirit is using me as a vehicle to express to tell you something we're an instrument it's like exactly. we're using these microphones for your podcast right now we're in this room uh when you're intuitive or when you're a psychic medium or when you're attuned to that stuff it's like you're the mouthpiece for the other person on the other side uh -huh. Yeah, so like you kind of touched on like like you were skeptical, and a lot of people um, are skeptical of psychics and mediums and whatever you want to call it. What do you what do you say to those people? I was a skeptic for over ten years, actually. Um, I didn't become public about this stuff till 2017, when I met our mutual friend Megan, who mm -hmm. persuaded me to be more open about it. But I was on a journey before that. I had other experiences, but for anyone who's a skeptic, I was there. I was for a very long time. It didn't actually start to make me less skeptical about the situation until I actually had these experiences I'm describing to you or that you've been a part of mm. for the last year that I've known you just in general it just happens mm. it's a natural thing to me and I tell people being a psychic medium for me it's pretty simplistic I just tell people I pick up energy from other people and I pick up energy from deceased loved ones mm. and that our love for each other that's a form of energy that connects us to our loved ones mm. somehow I can tap into that and help somebody who's grieving or help the loved one on the other side that wants to communicate. But that's not just the only version of intuition that I have. I also pick up other stuff like other intuitive people as well. Mm. I think uh, I want to get back to what we were talking about, but I don't know, just something popped in my head when, you, when we talked about love. I see like love as something, it's a, it's a force that just transcends time and space, if you think about it. I, I actually think it's the most powerful force in the universe. I think it's the most powerful force in anything we have, and I believe it's universal. I think animals mm. are capable of having love. Oh, my God. Because yeah. we love our animals, and they love us, and plants even. I think even plant life can have love, even though it's not expressive because right. emotions can't be portrayed through leaves. And But I still think that everything is boiled down to the universal component of love because mm. that, from my extra extrasensory experiences, my spiritual experiences, mm. people from the other side, all those things are connected with love. Mm. It's like the fundamental fiber of everything that we have. Right. And it's like, it's so elevating too. Like that's been my, one of my goals for every day is just trying to try to find those elevated emotions because those emotions are on a higher vibration Absolutely. that if you can tap into, you, you start to elevate and then you innately elevate others around you because, you know, you walk in a room and some guys full of enthusiasm and stuff you you know your your day brines a little bit because like you know why am i down you feed off that absolutely um but so you've also had other experiences um where you were in the hospital bed right and could you go into that and then how your grandfather you saw him in a sure time? um in terms of of that experience i think you're talking about when i had my cancer yes okay yes. i had my cancer in 2018 i was diagnosed with stage one kidney cancer and i was actually having a colonoscopy for the surgery for it and they wanted just to make sure I was okay or whatever the procedure. And I went in an, under anesthesia. And in that particular experience, I had a spiritual situation with my grandfather because my mom kept praying to him during my treatment for the cancer when I had before I had the surgery. Mm. Uh, she kept pleading to him, I don't want to be left alone with my son passing before me. Please, she said, Dad, please tell please make sure Jason doesn't pass during this. I don't want to have to bury my son. The worst thing a mother could ever have to worry about is burying her kids before them. It's not the natural order of things. In my premonition, I'm sorry, in my, in my, when I was put under the procedure, yeah. I was in a garden, and it was beautiful. And if, if normal vision's like 1080p or whatever, uh, this was like 8K. It was a massively just impressionable dream. Uh, it was like a dream, but it wasn't. Mm -hmm. I was in this beautiful garden, and I felt that overwhelming 
love wash over me during the experience. And my mm. grandfather said to me in his voice, I heard the voice, but I didn't see him. Mm. Son, I love you. You're going to be okay. And let your mom know when you come out of this procedure today that I specifically hear everything she says and you're not going to pass and she's not going to bury you. She's going to die naturally. And I will greet her with her, with my, my, with her mom, but I will greet her. So let her know that. Mm. So I woke up from that experience and I was like, like just, I wasn't even worried where I was. I wasn't worried about the cancer anymore and all those other things. And wow. I just called my mom right away. And I was like, hey, listen, mom, I just want you to know. And, and my mom started crying on the phone. Cause she's like, you you actually had an experience that answered my prayers and wow. reassured me wow. that, you know, grandpa came through and let you know everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And specifically, that was her worry that I would die before her. So specifically, him coming to me and sharing that with me gave me that. <laughs> clarity and gave my mom a reassurance that we couldn't even ask for it any other way it's like how it's like again it's like if you are a skeptic how can you explain that like how do you how do you like you can't it's just like she didn't she didn't tell you this no she never did you went to this um dream state which i think i don't know what dreams are but i i think that or maybe not dreams i don't know where you went but it was a different dimension where you can connect with him it's just amazing i think when we are in our unconscious frame of mind through sleep or through anesthesia or some type of altered state of consciousness like meditation Mm. uh dreaming those are the where the veil between the other side and us is thinnest Mm. so that's why i think he came to me when i was under the anesthesia or when i'm in dreams he's come to me in dreams i always talk about visitation Mm. dreams to people when they grieve Mm. usually most of the people come to me as clients and they're grieving somebody that passed i'll start off by the person coming through on the other side to say during a reading you know, um, your mom wants you to know that she's popping into your dreams for a reason. And mm. usually people react like, oh my, how did you know that? And I just had a dream yesterday about her. You know, that kind of situation. So mm. it's it's happened for me so frequently. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an observer when I do readings in the sense that it, I'm an, we're instruments as psychics, you know, mediums. And um, things came through and it reassured me and made me realize that this stuff can't be made up. You can't script it. You can't script it hundreds or thousands of times when you do all the readings you do with these people who are clients of yours or people off the street or whatever, family members. It it can't be scripted. So for any skeptic, the real way way a skeptic will no longer be a skeptic is if they hang out with a psychic medium who's legit and see it first day, you know, Mm. day in, day in out, or if they have the experiences themselves. That's that's really Mm. the way that people would start believing better. Mm. And um, I talk a lot about synchronicities on mm. the show. Um, and I know that your grandfather will leave you signs and messages that he's still with you. Absolutely. And, and I want people to kind of take implement this in their own life. And like, if you have uh, a loved one that has passed over, uh, like it's from my own experience as well, that they're always with you in some, and they'll leave you little signs, little out. breadcrumbs. Exactly. Right? So what, what kind of signs does sure. your grandfather leave you? Specifically in my family, it's, and I'm sure this is for other people as well, but my grandfather said to me and my mom and my, my grandmother and my brother that before he passed, he said, if you ever find pennies on the floor, you know, I always look down to pick up pennies. Um, know that I'll leave you pennies as like pennies from heaven. Cause that's something that was very famous or said before in our pop culture. And that's actually happened so many times to me since my grandfather passed. I remember working in Mississippi, Hurricane Katrina cases when I was a lawyer up there. And I was on the phone with my mom. My grandmother called me. They were both, my my grandma was alive at the time. It's like 2007. And my grandfather passed in 04, so three years after he passed. My mom and my grandmother were in a casino in New Jersey, in Lake City. And they both called to tell me excitedly that they found pennies at these different machines that were left like right on the floor. And my mom picked up the two pennies. And on each machine, my grandmother and her both won some good amount of money. It's like, like, like almost like they were making a joke that my gra- I'm in the car, right? And yeah. I'm driving back from New Orleans into Mississippi where I was working. Yeah. And I'm going across these large bridges called the twin span bridges in Mississippi. So picture all water surrounding me and one large bridge that I'm on. And then there's another large bridge going the opposite direction that is to my left. Mm. And when my mom was telling me this story and how she couldn't believe how these machines hit because she found these pennies on the floor and she immediately thought of my grandfather and my grandmother said the same thing. My mom and grandmother both said it was like we found pennies from heaven. <laughs> and as she said that, here's synchronicity. As she said that, I'm in the car driving to the other side and I'm on a bridge and there's no one around me. And I look to the left. As she said that, there's a major uh Mack truck, you know, like one of those large 18-wheelers. Yeah. And it had an ad on the side of the truck that said pennies from heaven as they said that to me. And it was no for a local grocery store up there. Yeah, it was amazing. And I, I remember that. And I've had many examples of that. Many. <laughs> the most recent one was like a month ago. So it just happens that these things occur. And I've learned to utilize synchronicity as kind of like a compass. 
Mm. I, I've ta- I learned to meditate a lot. And obviously, when you do this stuff, you, you, you become in tuned better. And for me, uh, the synchronicity has actually been picking up numbers. They call them angel numbers. That's something else that I've kind of evolved mm. doing. Mm. Where He's referring I, to like 111. If yes. you see it on a clock or you see it on a receipt or like 555. 333. They, they could be 1212. Correct. Three, like I saw um, over the weekend, a personal one I, I saw was like... Um, I, well, first of all, I found with like with, well, I want to get back into what you're saying, but like, I found that like, you have to pay attention to what you're thinking at that moment, and then when you see it, it'll be a sure sign of like, okay, I need to like act on this. You know what right? I think synchronicity is for me? Yeah, getting yourself in balance with everything around you, getting yourself in balance with the universe, so that you can start learning these signs and signals to right. be in tuned. Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so what was the, the most recent one that happened to you? About a month ago, I was dealing with a personal situation, and I didn't know, it was like early January, I didn't know if I should still let this negative situation with this other person affect me anymore, or if I should let go of it and move on to new and, and better. And so what I basically said was, I prayed before I went to sleep like I do every night, and I said, God, give me some guidance here. Is, is Should I let go of the situation and move on to newer and better, or should I hold on to the situation and, and continue to let it kind of like work its way and see where it goes. I fell asleep on the couch. I have two parrots, um, an African gray, and I woke up at like 4.30 in the morning and went to lay in my room because I had to get up at six o'clock anyway. Mm. And I set the alarm for six and I went to sleep and my bird woke me up making a sound that was very bizarre. So I woke up, checked on her, and as soon as I looked at the clock, it was 5.55, which is five minutes before my alarm goes off. So I'm like, wait, this is weird. My bird never wakes me up. And I never hear a sound like that. And I never get up to check on her at this hour, five minutes before my alarm goes off. Normally, I'll just lay in bed, stare at the ceiling, and wait five minutes. So I saw the number 555, and I looked it up. And it's an angel number. And it the gist of that angel number, which is in response to what I prayed about before I went to sleep, was let go of the old. Trust that better will come your way. So by letting go of the old, you're going to be taken care of, basically. Mm. And I did that. And then I went down the steps to pick up my laundry. And I asked my grandfather for confirmation uh, to see if I was on the right path with this. I said, Grandpa, you know, I, I'm picking up this amazing information from 555, which is the time that I, you know, can you give me verification I'm on the right path by letting go of the old for this situation and letting new things come to my life, which will reward me over time? Mm. And I walked down the steps, go to my washing machine, pick up the clothes, put them in the dryer. And I don't keep any change in my pockets because in the past I actually ruined the washing machine by having change go into the the motor. Mm. So I don't have any 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 change. And when I took the stuff out of the washer and put it into the dryer, there was a perfectly placed penny in the middle of the washer machine. Not where it would get caught anywhere, but it was like it was placed heads up perfectly there. Wow. After my clothes came out of the washing machine. So you know when you take stuff out, it usually messes up something. But yeah. this was perfect confirmation. I'm on the right path. I need to do this. I'm going to do this. And ever since then, I haven't looked back. That's awesome. And that was about six weeks ago. And and since then, amazing things have been happening. So. That's fun. Oh, yeah. We're going to get into that. Um, um, but, um, but yeah, you know, I've known – I met you um, last March. Yes. Yeah, last March, mid-March. Almost a year. Which, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, you, you went through uh, quite the transformation um, physically. Yes. Um, can you go into that? Sure. And, uh, and also, like, going through cancer and what yeah, that kind of taught you. and yeah. No problem. I used to weigh 240 pounds approximately, and I just put that, pa- those weights on, th- that weight on for a while over, over time, years, you know? And what happened was I got diagnosed with my kidney cancer, but five months before that, I was looking at myself in a full-length window that showed my reflection, and I had a premonition I had cancer before I had the cancer. Mm. I looked at my body in the, in the window, and it was glaring back at me. I saw my reflection, and I said, wouldn't it be weird if I had cancer in my body and didn't know it? And then I went and told all my friends and people I knew about it, and they were like, you're crazy. That was March of 2018. Then in August of 2018, I went for a CT scan, and that's when I got diagnosed with the kidney cancer. So that was a wake-up call. And for three weeks of that experience, I had to wait for an MRI to confirm whether or not it was stage four advanced cancer or if it was just stage one, not just stage one, but or if it was stage one mm. because they found a mass on my kid, on my liver and my lung. So I had three things that they were checking out, but they didn't know if it was cancerous or if it was something else. Okay. So finally I had the MRI done, and then I had two surgeries. And after I had all that happen to me, I just realized I got I got clear bill of health it'll be two years this month i'm going for a scan in a couple weeks to make sure but knock on whatever and um i just decided after that 
I I change up my life. I just I knew I feel like I'm on borrowed time in a way. Like mm. when you deal with facing death in some way, even though I knew deep down inside I probably wasn't going to die, the fear of of it reoccurring somewhere else in the body, mm. or and I, I say that word fear with quotes around it because I don't fear death anymore, not at all. But at the time, but it makes you. Mm prioritize the things in your life that are important where mm. two years ago I was a totally different person if I sat across from myself from two years ago I probably wouldn't have much to say to myself I wouldn't have as much to say because mm. of all the experiences I've gone through since then uh, one of the things I started doing was intermittent fasting and so I eat eight hours a day and it's just become a habit of mine that I've d developed around and, and, and built into my life. And that's where I lost 50 pounds. And I don't even, I, I, I wear old clothes and they fall off of me. So I, had to I have to slowly start buying new clothes. What a good problem It's to a have. great problem to have. And I haven't gained the weight back at all. And in fact, I've still lost another 10 pounds since, you know, last month or so. Mm. Just on its own, I think my body's balancing itself out. Mm. So I had that experience happen in 2019. Um, also, with relationships, ending a long-term relationship, that was a, a challenge, just knowing and assessing things of someone you're with for a long time, realizing it's not the right fit, so you had to move on beyond that. I did that, mm. and it ended a business relationship that wasn't healthy for me. So I started looking at my relationships in life mm. to balance it out. Are the people in my life most conducive to what I want to do in my life, and, and are they taking advantage of me? Mm. Are they dead weight? And I let go of some of that dead weight, and what I learned from that experience is not only losing the physical weight, but letting go of those people in your life that may not be serving you in the best terms possible or reciprocating helped to free me up to be around people that are of a higher frequency vibration, more similar like-minded people, mm. caring, empathetic, loving people. Those are the kind of things that I've started having gravitate to me in the last two years. Mm. and. I feel like I'm at, at a place where I, I feel very satisfied about things. I mean, we all have our concerns about life, you know, right. financial issues or success or whatever these things are that people crave and worry about. Uh, I just have gotten to the point where I don't let those things consume me as much as they used to. How, how though? Through the act of realizing and compartmentalizing. So what I mean by that is if I have a lot of stressors going on, when I leave at the end of the day, my work stress stays at the office. I don't take it home with me. If people call me on after hours, because I work for myself as a lawyer, mm. then I'll deal with it. But unless I have to deal with it and it's in my face, I put it aside. Mm. And then the other thing I do is I do a lot of um, meditation mm. and grounding. Mm. And I have a vision board or a manifestation board I started using, um, a big dry erase board that's on my wall. And I put things on there that I find are a priority in my life, and I just focus on those when I wake up in the morning rather than putting the TV on and just brainlessly watching a show or something, checking the news mm. or weather. I'll look at the board for a few minutes and see where I'm at with my goals. Mm. And I feel like that act of attuning yourself and focusing on those things mm. can help your day take a certain direction, mm. can guide you long term, and can put things in perspective. Okay, so you call it, some people call it a goal-setting board, but from talking to you the last couple of weeks, it's it's a manif manifestation board. Correct. There's two different, because the goal-setting board, you know, people set goals and stuff, but like what Michael Beckwith talks about, um, instead of trying to manipulate matter through matter, what you're doing with the manifestation board is going beyond matter and it, uh, attuning yourself to the vibration of what you want to attract to like you are that and through that you actually attract it to it's people call it the law of attraction i don't like that i call it law of attunement because you're like resonating that. at the same frequency whether it's like you want a new relationship if you want a new relationship you have to earn it by loving yourself more and that will attract so go into some of the little manifestations that have sure. literally come to you like, uh, the past, like, like recently last yeah, two weeks like literally like this guy um, I talk to him like frequently during the week and <laughs> just because he's like uh, he's a good mentor of mine spiritually and also with, with the podcast he also has a podcast as well which I want to get into but he, he called me on the phone and like yeah man I created this uh, manifestation goal setting board I'm like okay I didn't really think nothing of it but like good for him you know he's yeah. taking uh, initiative for what he wants to you know improve in his life and next thing you know he's like dude already this this and that happened I'm like <laughs> like what? I'm like yeah, dude, it's crazy. And like, so can you go into like yeah, how how absolutely. how like 
did you manifest those or in sure. to like yeah you know, uh, great point what what did you uh yeah. write down so any skeptic let's just go back to that theme because any skeptic listening to this is like what are they talking about right, right now right and even i was a skeptic when i first saw the law of attraction or i first heard about these concepts metaphysical properties because i study that stuff i was just like yeah it sounds great but i've never had it happen to me well 2020 is here and I decided to take this dry erase board, put it on my wall, and I call it Manifest the Best Board for Myself. Manifest, <laughs> it even rhymes. But catchy, catchy words aside, one of the things I wrote, um, this is in the last seven days, actually. I wrote my first thing on there was repair my relationships that can be fixed with old friends. Mm. Because, you know, over time you get distant from people. Mm. So I wrote that down. And that was the only thing I left on that board. And I went to bed. That was Friday night. Saturday comes, I get invited to go to a festival with two friends that I haven't seen in probably three friends who I haven't seen in quite some time. And I got to go there with them and I enjoyed it and it was a great experience. You did text them. No, they nothing. reached out to you. Like you haven't been talking to them for the last three months. Well, now one of them I do talk to on occasion, but not sure. on the level of being invited to. Now keep in mind, all full disclosure, this has been something we've done in the past over the last several years. It's an annual event that happens in Tampa. Okay, okay. But nonetheless, we hadn't been as close in the last six to seven months. Mm. I mean, literally, like, seeing each other on each other's birthday was the only thing I remember. Mm. And then getting invited to go to that without knowledge of it the day before and filling that out on my board at 8 o'clock on Friday night, waking up on Saturday morning to that text message inviting me there. Yeah. It was like, okay, that's cool. I show up to it, and I literally had an experience with one of my friends who said to me, we went and talked and spoke aside uh, privately, and the words that we used after we you know, we spoke to each other and got things kind of aired out and handled was, he said to me, I'm so glad we had a chance to repair our friendship. And he used the word repair, and I just thought that that was kind of wow. coincidental, synchronistic, whatever. I'm like, that is weird. Then the next day, my other friend who I was on the phone with, she said to me, I really had a good time with you yesterday at the event, and um, it's great that you you know you we can all repair our dynamic. And I was just like, wow. There it is again. Yeah, and that's one example. And then another thing I did was write the next goal was yeah. What was the next goal? Organize my house because I'm not the most organized person. My mom will come to my house and get frustrated with me because my closet. I'm 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 like disorganized. That's just the, the nature of the game. And so I wrote organize my closets, organize my garage, and organize my house. And literally, I have a personal assistant who's amazing. Uh-huh. She said to me, um, she's been to my house, so she saw my mess. Like when people come to my house, I entertain people. I take everything that's on the bed clothes-wise and throw them in the closet. Like you don't want to open any of my closets or drawers. You'll find a mess. <laughs> and uh, she said, hey, you know what? I, she said to me the next day after I wrote this on the board that day on Sunday, she says to me Monday when we're working together in my office, hey, if you're ever interested in getting your house organized, I actually have done that for other people. Just let me know. Out of the blue. Out of the blue. <laughs> randomly said this. And she'd been to my house two weeks earlier and saw that I could use some organization. Okay. But so, still, you wrote it on the board. I wrote it on the board as number two, and it happened. And then I wrote another thing on the board, which I can't remember exactly what it said. So I'm like, get in touch with other, get in touch with people you lose touch with, or something. Okay. And I literally got contacted by three old friends that I hadn't been in touch with for a very long time. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I have like nine things on that board right now. <laughs> I might, I might get a little sure. gluttonous about it and happy about it because I want to keep writing things down to have them happen. <laughs> I feel like I have a special power. It's not a special power. Anybody it's, can do this. Anyone can do it, and it's just about how you how you do it. You know, right? Your mindset towards it. You know, paradigm. I had a my own example recently. Um, you gave me um a candle, a manifestation candle, and what I do. And first of all, what I want people to realize is with manifestation, law of attraction, law of attunement, whatever you want to call it. You have to almost like for me, how I think of it, because I looked at well, Michael Beckwith, Dr. Joe Dispenza and others have talked about the science behind this stuff. There is science behind it that we are now learning how um, we are electromagnetic beings that are always giving off. Well, first of all, our cells in our body are emitting light. We are light beings always emitting energy. And you, depending on your emotions, because emotions, I think emotions we are called electromagnetic beings because an emotion is a magnetic charge and a um, a thought is a electrical charge. That's why they call it electromagnetic beings because we're getting off those emotions. So with manifestation, what I did is because um, I you know I read Dr. Joe Spencer and everything, and when you gave me that um, candle, the goal was to manifest an internship. So what I did every single time I I lit the candle up, I closed my eyes, I I centered myself, grounded myself. And I, uh, I thought of the emotions of what it would feel like to, to, 
to get like an email or whatever of what that internship would feel like right and i you know i was doing it for a month and you know you start to think of the logical side practical side of what you've been taught about life you can't you have to send out emails you know trying to manipulate matter through matter and i was from what i've learned and studied metaphysics and everything and i was like really trusting that this was going to work and i knew it was going to work and then a couple weeks ago my fr- uh one of my close friends uh his mom she sent me a link to an internship that met everything I needed to accomplish in the summer, like skills I needed. It's only a 15, 10 minute drive away from my house. It's, it's in the feeling, but that's the thing. When I got the email, the same emotions that I was trying to manifest every time I lit the candle in the bathroom, that's what I felt. I want to add a couple of things. That's a phenomenal example. Cause I, I'm so happy you got this internship opportunity. I know it's something right. that's going to really help you a lot in the summer. Right. Give you experience on your life goals and everything else. When people hear this and they think of us lighting a, a manifestation candle, mm. what I'll say to them is think of yourself on your birthday every year. You close your eyes and you make a wish and you blow out the candles. That's what this is. It's not anything that exactly. crazy or esoteric. It's literally taking a candle and just uh, what I do when I do this is anything you worry about. If you have a really stressful situation, let's say you have a big fight with your ex and you have kids and you're worried about having to deal with your ex in the tense situation of it to make harmony for your ch- your children mm. and not have conflict and negativity. You could have a candle where you literally just think and I, I visualize. That's mm. what makes it stronger for me, I've learned. So when I go to light the candle, I'll meditate for a second and I'll think to myself, okay, this is gonna be my worry candle. Instead of me worrying about a certain situation that's out of my control, this candle is going to be the worry candle for me, and it's going to give me the ability to not worry anymore. And I started doing that a year or two ago, around the same time everything else is happening. I haven't worried anymore. I don't worry. And actually, my close friends who are very well-versed in the fact that I do this regularly, I've had people that I'm close with that I do the candles for them remotely. Mm. And I'll take a photo of it and show, show them you know, the candle. I'll write their name on the candle. Mm. And I even, do, I even did yesterday a vision board for a friend who's looking for a new job. Mm. Even though I predicted he's going to get a job by the end of this month, he still wants the extra guarantee of that. So I, he actually got his own candle, but I have a candle that I burn for him when I go home at night, and it'll burn over several nights, and that's his candle that he takes away the stress and the worry of finding a new job. Mm. He will have that job. It'll happen, and that candle is just going to help him you know, kind of keep him balanced and keep him mm. afloat. But mm. that's really what it is. It's mm. nothing that, you know unique i mean it's special if you learn how to do it i think it just gives you an opportunity to really take your mind off something it's like compartmentalizing it like i said earlier Mm. you can compartmentalize things in your life and if you worry about things take that worry and throw it into a candle let it burn that worry off Mm. and let let it set ways for things to work out for you in the universe yeah and you know people will be around a bonfire and they'll write something down and throw it in the fire absolutely people do people have been doing this for we have a mutual friend of ours that says thoughts are things, and I hundred percent right. positivity. I hundred percent agree with him on that, and I That's see it right. firsthand every day. That's right. And you kind of, I felt like after you uh, met him and you were telling me about him, Neo Positivity. He's a life coach. Yes, and he's a former semi-professional semi-professional football right. player. But he taught you um, more. He he confirmed he confirmed what I already had an idea about, and he's making his life mission, his own journey, his own spiritual path to to make that as known as possible to their people. Mm. And I know he's going to be very successful with it. This is mm. something I just know. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, I, I just wanted to go into that because um, it's such an interesting topic that I, th- I feel like a lot of people throw out law of attraction, blah, blah, blah. But um, to see... The catchphrase, law of attraction. Yeah. Right. <laughs> to see the the real life examples of that you've shared and I've had my own as well. I think it's really cool. Um, so also you, ha- you uh, have a podcast, but... The inspiration for the podcast, the story behind it is really cool. Can you go into sure, that? Sure, absolutely. So about 2007, I was I like to call and get psychic readings myself, even though I read for other people. Uh, it's hard to read for yourself sometimes. And so one of the psychics, his name's Divine Visionary. He goes by the pseudonym. He told me during one of my readings in 2007 that I'd have my own radio show someday. That wouldn't have anything to do with lawyering. And this before I accepted being a psychic at that point because I saw a skeptic. And I actually laughed at him and I was like, yeah, right, whatever. I don't have any affi- I don't have any background in radio. I don't have any any interest. Mm. Fast forward 
several years in 2017, uh, 2017, I started becoming an open psychic at that point, incorporated myself. And then 2018 in March, I decided to launch my own podcast mm. without any training, prior knowledge or anything. And it's called the social psychic radio show. And in, in the span of a few months, I figured out how to not only do my own podcast, but I wound up being at the top of the um, iTunes charts in several countries for the spirituality category. I was even ranked above Joe Olstein for a while there. Wow. That's before I got sick with the cancer. But I was also, I mean, I have 125,000 all-time listens at this point, and most of those listens are obviously accumulating over time. But during a certain window of time before I had the cancer in 2018, I was averaging 1,000 listens a day. So mm. it was pretty amazing. And I'm getting back there now, and I love it. I love podcasting. So, yeah, mm. it's, it's fun. It, and you know what I think the best thing about the podcast for me is? I do mind-body-spirit stuff. I have authors come on. I talk about different topics. And I feel like it's a creative outlet I didn't even know I had within me. And mm. if anyone has creative energy that they want to express, the podcast is, like, the perfect way to do that. Mm. Yeah, you meet people. You, you self-educate yourself. Absolutely. I, I'm always trying to self-educate myself, whether it's reading a book or listening – a podcast you know um, what i think also with podcasts i feel like people like to be vicariously experiencing things through others and the podcast gives you that mm -hmm. example our conversation right now people are going to hear this and they're going to start thinking of these various topics for the probably the first time or multiple times depending yeah. on where they are in their own life path but it, it's just an opportunity for people to have like a window where they can see in on something that they don't normally get exposed to yeah for sure for sure um yeah and i remember um that's why like when, well, when I first met you, I was, I was like signing up for, like I was looking in Tampa. I was kind of before spring break, and I've went to a psychic, uh, like senior year of high school or something along those lines, and I kind of got a taste of it. Took it for a grain of salt, but you know, I was for sure like you get a reading and like you're into it. You're like, oh my god, like what what about this or that? So, I was like, you know, I'm gonna get like a a check in before I go to spring break to see where I'm at. And I looked up like psychics in Tampa and I came across yours and what really drew me to you is because I, I had a podcast at the time. I didn't, I wasn't publishing like I do now, but I was just kind of treating it as a little internship. And I was like, I saw that you also had a podcast and I was like, wow, this guy's like very unique. <laughs> and then I, and then long story short, like we become friends and it's really cool. Um, the synchronicity of everything. Right. Cause I felt oh like when God, you came, yeah. when you came to see me that time for the reading, I felt when I was reading for you, that you were meant for big things, and that's why I wanted to, you know, work with you outside of just being a one-time reading to actually right. mentor you and work with you. And that's how we started doing the well, stuff we've done. That's the thing, the like study of things. Once I kind of just followed my intuition, like I gotta get a psychic reading. I don't know what, but like it made me. I had to get it, and the fact that I picked you out of everybody, I was like, yeah, you had the podcast that made me jump out at you. But still, like there was a bunch of other psychics I could have gone. Absolutely. But the fact that I met you, like again, synchronicity, I met. Oh my god. I through you and through meeting people through this in this community in Tampa that's building and building. Um, or I go to Seminole Heights at our mutual friends her her crystal shop, Megan's shop, Megan's yeah. shop. Roll Susie, check it out. And um, <laughs> get Kava next door. Kava too. shop next door. <laughs> um, I've been meeting so many people and running into, and I'll <laughs> a lot of people I met through you. I try to get on my on my show, and it's again it just happened for a reason. I think. I think it's interesting that we are all in our own way in a unique path but then we also have a lot of similarities in our overlap and that's right. why we have, have really enjoyed coalescing around a, a certain group of spiritual people yeah. who li who live their normal lives and have their nine to five jobs and they're doing what we do in the evenings i basically say right mm. evenings and weekends is where a lot of people that have this passion do this mm. and so until you can maybe have the freedom to eventually branch out and do more of this or mm. whatever it is yeah um so also one thing about I like about uh, your house is you have a ton of crystals. Yes. Like it's like people don't really realize, but like it's like it's like a museum. Like <laughs> I remember one time I was like, "Yo, can, you, can I get like a tour of this place?" Like, <laughs> it was that it was like it was an exhibit. Why do you, what made you get into crystals? And when did you yeah when did you start getting absolutely really in tune to them? So 2016, um, I met our mutual friend Megan, and she has Royal Susie, and she has her own crystal shop. And now she's turning into a metaphysical place as well. She's expanding it. But at the time, that's what she is very well versed in. So she started gifting me different crystals over time. And I was like, oh, these are rocks. They're great. But I don't feel they're They're just rocks. Like, it's a paperweight. Yeah. What's I have a crystal in my hand right now, rose quartz palmstone. Mm. Normally, though, 
I wouldn't carry crystals with me. I didn't even pay attention to them. I used to give them away to my other friend, Melissa, sometimes. Mm. And Megan would find out that the stone she gave me was in Melissa's hands. Like, what the heck's going on here? Well, something prompted me to go to Sedona, Arizona on a personal trip. Like, what prompted that, though? Intuitively, I meditated one day, and I just felt like I needed to go to Sedona, Arizona. Hmm. So I went. And when I went to Sedona, I met someone there who owned a shop, just like Megan's shop here in Tampa, Royal Susie. And I went to Sedona and I went and bought an amethyst pendant with a silver chain. And the person who sold it to me said, if you want some crazy dreams, leave it on. But if you don't, take it off. Okay. So I left it on because I had toured the Grand Canyon and I was just tired. I stayed in my hotel. And when I had it on, I got woken up in the middle of the night several times with these electrifying dreams, electrifying dreams, I call them, like just crazy random visions. And I realized it must be connected to the amethyst. So I took the amethyst off, but I started meditating with crystals and I started studying crystal healing Mm -hmm. and understanding to be in tune with the vibrational energy of what crystals can do. They filter energy just like an air air conditioning filter filters the house. Mm. So I'm a big fan of rose quartz and anytime I give a reading, if someone's really seeming distressed and if I have the rose quartz on me, I'll give that to them because I've learned the value that at least for me, crystals can do. Mm. They're of the earth. They're created by the universe. They have energy frequencies, just like a, a watch or a computer has certain quartz in it that gives you frequencies and information. That's how these crystals now um, emanate for me. Mm. So I've gone through this per- personal stage of just buying a massive amount of crystals for one person on, on my level. And so when you walk into my living room, you'll see all these crystals that are basically positioned in a certain way Mm. all the different and every crystal has its own meaning and i had some really phenomenal authors come on my show who talk about crystal healing and they've made that their life path and i've learned so much about crystals that for me i'll I'll tell you one side story as a funny thing yeah i had a crystal uh a piece of i'm thinking if it was um maybe it was a rose quartz crystal i had it as a pretty big palm stone like the one i have in my hand which is like three inches and it fits in my fist pretty well. And I went through security at TSA and the and the TSA agent picked up the crystal and started staring at it and trying to figure out what it is. Is it gonna blow up? Is it gonna cause a problem? And I said to him, it's a crystal. And he had to go to his supervisor to get permission to give it back to me and then ask me if I had any other crystals on me. Yes, they're in my checked luggage. Not on me, but they're in my checked luggage. I mm. use them for meditative purposes. <laughs> he had a hard time. He didn't want me to take it on the plane. Finally, a supervisor said, there's nothing with this crystal that can cause harm to anybody. He, there's nothing with TSA that prohibits someone to take a crystal palm stone on a plane because you can meditate with it. And it's literally a non, you know, it's a rock. So mm. if you don't believe in it, it's a rock. It doesn't carry any value to anything. It's not going to, I mean, I could drop it, I guess, and that can cause my my toe to get stubbed or something. But sure. I mean, I guess you could throw it at somebody. Yeah, if, yeah. It could be like a baseball, but if you're not using it for those purposes, there's really nothing negative about it. Mm. And you said, because, um, you know, you said like when you used to hold them back 2016, whatever, you didn't really feel anything, but correct. What, so you went to Sedona. That's when I guess you had this awakening of yeah. like now I can feel crystal. So like, can I like for example, you're holding the rose quartz right now. What are you kind of getting from that? Uh, rose quartz for me, if you look it up, it's a maternal stone. They call it. The, the thing I'll say about crystals, these things have been around since we've been around. So ancient cultures before before we were around, but ancient cultures have attached special meaning to crystals, like the Romans, the Greeks. Um, you can't take What they say, I know it's thousands of years ago, but if something's been around for that long and people are attaching a value to it, like citrine's a merchant stone. Merchants used to use citrine as part of their journey Mm. to keep them safe. And so when I have a business relationship with someone, even in my law practice, I gave a referral source yesterday who I saw a piece of citrine point because I wanted to, I, I knew that he was open to it and I wanted to gift, I gift crystals probably more than I keep them. I don't oh give God. away everything, but I like to give them to, to other people. And when I went to Sedona, Arizona, the ley lines there, they call them ley lines. Those are the energy frequencies that are very special to that area. Um, it opened me up. It attuned me. And if anyone's interested in wanting to be opened up more spiritually connected to this planet, go to a place like Sedona. You will not be disappointed. Mm. That's like my t- little public service announcement about <laughs> tourism to Sedona, but I'm making it my point to try to go back this year as mm. well. That's awesome. Uh, that's that's phenomenal. But yeah, like so, like I'm just curious because some people would be like wondering, like this guy, like actually get something from crystals. Like, what do you if you pick up certain sure. crystals? Like, what do you kind of pick I'll up? I'll give you an example. I'm wearing a hematite bracelet right now. Yeah, and that's just something that's grounding my rose quartz palm stone. 
I just find it calming. It's almost equivalent to me as if I had meditated for 10 minutes and just got out of a meditation. Ah. That's what the rose quartz does when it's on my purse, even in my pocket, in my hand. I like to carry uh, palm stones with me. I may look a little odd having a, a stone. My, one of my college friends likes to make fun of me for it because every time he comes up to me now, he goes, which crystal do you have on you now? <laughs> and I'll show him and he'll be like, oh, can't help you. <laughs> he doesn't understand it. Yeah, but they're also like a lot of them are very smooth and correct. You know, they're really nice. Well, each stone has some type of healing property to it, and if you if you buy into that, and I do. So, for example, labradorites with communication helps you open up with your communication skills. Mm. If you feel like you're, you know, if you look at the energy healing centers of the body, and you think of chakras, and you think sometimes you have blockages in your throat chakra because you've had a lot of trauma and you haven't been able to express yourself. That's where Labr- uh, is it Labradite? I believe Labradite can help you with that. So it, it's uh, or lapis lazuli, even if I'm recalling off the top of my that's, head. No, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So th- there are different things like that, and then you can look at a stone like Moldavite, which is a higher frequency stone that was created from a meteorite impact in the Czech Republic, and I wear that on me regularly, and it just keeps me. It's like having a cup of coffee on you all the time. Oh my god! It keeps me when I take it off. I get tired. When I have it on me, I'm energized. It's really strange that's to so explain cool, that, but that's just how that works. Well, it's just strange because, like, we're now, not attuned to it. Well, we're now our culture is now kind of catching up to um, all this stuff. It's Correct. Really, it's really cool. Absolutely. Um, it's so cool. Um, yeah, you also, like, for some some people, all my listeners, they're, like, my age, 20 in college. Yeah. And you, and when you, like, were pretty successful in your practice as a lawyer, you want, want all these big travel things to like Australia and Europe. Like what do you, can you touch upon like the importance of like traveling and like why it's sure. so important and like getting, even getting out in nature. Cause I know you, before you met me, I, I think, I think you told me I got you kind of into hiking and everything. Definitely. Like the importance of traveling and getting out in nature and grounding yourself. And yeah. It's funny you say that. Cause I hadn't been as big of a fan of nature in the past after healing myself, after the surgeries and, losing the weight and all that, and having certain friends that are very nature-centered, like yourself and others, uh, it just became a natural thing for me to go to nature, go to a park. Go, I mean, mm. even where my office is in, in central Tampa, there's an area I can walk a block away from my office space, mm. and I can just sit on a bench and look out at the, at the bay. There's water right there. We're on an island. I'm on two islands, it's one beautiful. where I live. It's beautiful scenery, and I literally will leave my office space and go sit there for a few minutes and just meditate while I'm even on the phone with somebody. You can meditate and be working at the same time without people having to really worry about it. You can meditate when you drive. Right. It's not like you have to have your, your altered state of consciousness right. be that deep. Right. But nonetheless, nature is a it, – it's, it's – it's a natural, I'm sorry, uh, being with nature is, is, is the best way to clear and cleanse the spirit and the body and get reconnected. Mm. Grounding. Mm. I, I, I always found, like, for me, too, like, there's certain sounds of places that just soothe me and calm me. Like, um, I remember, well, I grew up, like, in the woods, and birds reminds me of home. And, um, you know, I live in a kind of highly urbanized populated area right off campus and like my my campus the university of south florida i'm very grateful it's actually very beautiful the center campus has a lot of trees and has this beautiful pond in the middle i mean i remember when i first showed you or you were just like oh my god like you're so lucky because i it's it's pretty cool what we have but nonetheless there's not a lot of of birds like cardinals and you'll hear you don't really hear a lot because i've been here for three years i kind of know you know what to expect and I remember I woke up, I think it was last week, it was Tuesday morning, and I, I don't know, maybe it was a synchronicity kind of thing, but I woke up and immediately the first thing I heard when I left was a, a red cardinal. Wow. And it reminded me of my house, and it was like a perfect way to start my morning, because it just it brought this sense of calming and soothness to it. Sure. To to my day. It was a like, soothing energy that yeah, you didn't expect. Yeah, it was a gift. And it was like a sign of like, you know, life's beautiful. Absolutely. You know, every day, every day, even and even your worst moments are beautiful because you learn from right. them and you get better from them. See, like that's I, I think that's a good transition to get into because like not only you've lost the weight, but it's really your shift mentally of like for people who are going through hard times right now or they can't find the time to really enjoy the present moment at life like. What advice would you say to them through what you've been through, sure. what you've learned about yourself? No matter what you're dealing with in life, don't give up. Don't think it's too much. 
know that you can break it down and get through any situation, that you can reach out to those who care about you the most and not isolate yourself. Because when I first dealt my cancer diagnosis, mm. those three weeks, no one knew that I had the fear of whether or not it was stage four or, or just stage one. And I say just stage one because that's what I wound up with. Anyone who deals with an illness such as cancer or any type of condition, you can't say just that. You have to look at it and, and, and take it seriously. But nonetheless, if you're dealing with a really stressful moment or situation, know that time heals. Mm. Know that a situation will get better. And I also feel like... Even if it seems like things are daunting and just really oppressive, financially you might be dealing with a lot of things on your plate, things always seem to work out somehow. And I don't know how that happens. It just does. Right. So it's like time is is a human construct in my opinion. I know time doesn't exist on the other side based on all the readings I gave Mm. or have given. And so I think time is one of the things that we can utilize to our advantage. Divine timing. Mm. Being able to utilize what's called divine timing. Having patience. Mm. You know, you might like somebody, right, Mm. and have a really strong attraction to somebody, Mm. and you might meet that person and feel like they blew you away, like you can't even understand how amazing that person is, but the timing may not be there for you and that person, so you got to be patient. The average person would say, well, if you're not going to talk to that person three days after you see them, move on. Right. But one of the things I've learned in the last couple of years is have patience with things you care about. They may come back, and and it might become an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. That's where divine timing in my mind. So when people who I'm friends with or I'm close with, they talk about someone they're interested in and they're like, well, I don't know if she likes me because she doesn't call me back a lot and she's really preoccupied and she just doesn't seem interested. I'll say, well, have you talked to her and express your feelings to her and make yourself vulnerable? Because fear of rejection limits us in such ways that so many of us are terrified of rejection. Fear of anything. Fear of anything. But when it comes to relationships, I try to tell people, Use divine timing. Maybe this person has been going through significant upheavals in their life. And yes, you do have a connection to them, but you got to let them work through those upheavals before they're ready to get to know you better. Right. It's just a possible situation there. Mm. Um, Yeah. um, We're kind of winding down towards the back end of the show. But for people who um, my whole premise for the show is to help people elevate their lives and get that inner voice to broaden up and to listen to their heart more. And with that being said, um, recently my good friend from back home, he uh, influenced me to buy this book called Way of the Zen by Alan Watts. Alan Watts is a uh, shout out to Logic too. Uh, Logic, the rapper. Uh, I'm a big fan of Logic. <laughs> he got me into Alan Watts too. Just listen, like, um, cause Logic's one of those rappers really down to earth and he, he'll throw in some Alan Watts stuff into his, his music. But anyways, so I'm aware of Alan Watson. He said, check out this book. It's about the, it's kind of about, um, the Buddha and Taoism and, um, other, other forms of Eastern, uh, traditions of the Zen, which is kind of like, I guess the way of life, I, I guess you want to call it. And I was reading today, today I was reading and, um, he was talking about the book of I Ching, which means the book of changes. That is a precursor. It was a precursor to what Taoism would adopt the kind of philosophies and this this book was they don't really know but it was um made somewhere in between 12,000 bc and 3000 bc and it talked about our peripheral vision and intuition even back then that we must do some kind of calming rituals or grounding rituals whether that's meditation yoga or just sitting and drinking coffee in the morning to get yourself calmed down um maybe coffee's not the best thing you know me whatever form <laughs> some of meditation yeah and so we have to do that grounding work to access that peripheral vision. And I call it that he termed it, Alan Watts turned it peripheral vision because it's, it's a feel out thing. Like it's almost like, like I was playing basketball today and a lot of times if I'm not, sometimes I look directly at a person like direct vision or what's the right. Um, You're right. Peripheral, feel, the, feel the vision. Direct yeah. Vision. Direct vision. And there's peripheral vision. So sometimes I'll just feel someone to the left of me. I don't even, I, kind of see him like don't i really know him and i stole a pass to him it goes right to his hands like that's what i'm talking about but apply that to intuition which is the feel intelligence i had a guest uh, mackenzie last week and she was saying how we live in a thinking society where we should be learning how to be in a more feeling society listen to our heart listen to our intuition so um with that being said um how how do you 
recommend people getting in touch with their intuition and how to utilize it? Excellent. Fascinating question. I'll just say two things. You brought up a athletic uh, analogy. Yeah. I'll say this. People who are very talented in our society, professional athletes, musicians, artists, oh you God. mentioned a rapper. I know where you're going with this. They have their own intuition that gives them the benefits of what they are deriving their skill set from and how they're successful with things. Ah. Businessmen. Business women, entrepreneurs, people who you look at on TV and you're like, wow, how did they how did these people like Mike Bloomberg and all these people become multi-billionaires and wealthy and they, they were self-made, right? A lot of times these people have their own intuition. There's different forms of intuition. Mm. I might be a psychic medium that favors going on a podcast and doing videos. That might be my strength. Mm. There might be someone else who is an unsung hero, I'll call them. A lunch lady at an elementary school that takes it upon herself to give kids who don't have money for food you know there's those people who do those kind of things and those are all different forms of intuition in my opinion mm. so people can be more in tuned with their intuition if they just let themselves kind of go with it mm. don't go over yeah don't don't and you mentioned something great with the peripheral vision because one of the things i tell people i've learned when i put myself in the mindset of giving a reading to someone let's say i had a long day at my office as a lawyer and then somebody wants to come in at six or seven at night I, take, I close my eyes and take three deep breaths to ground myself. And when I give readings, sometimes I'll close my eyes because by dulling one of my senses, it makes my intuition or my connection to intuition and, and other people's wow. energy stronger. Now, that's just one thing to consider. So if somebody really wants to increase their intuition, I would say learn to get yourself grounded. If it means take three deep breaths and just close your eyes and kind of just let yourself go a little bit in terms of your presence and your your knowledge of being the here and now. Uh. Like, let that go just a little bit mm. and see what you pick up. Mm. And you'll be surprised. Mm. You know, it's... Is it a coincidence that you said that? I don't think it is. Well, a couple of days ago, or yesterday actually, I've been doing, I, I finished reading this book called Metahuman by Deepak Chopra, which I really highly, highly recommend. And at the end of the book, he gives you 31 days of awakening. And uh, yesterday was day two. And the exercise was exactly what you said. Take away one of your five senses. And it's just funny you said that. And, he, and I had to write down like what I thought. That was my natural thing that I just figured out on my own. I know a lot of other people, I, I, it's not like I was signing up to take all these courses on how to be psychic. It just happens innately, <laughs> right? Yeah. Some people study it a lot and um, I, I, I commend them for that. I just haven't studied that a lot because of my life being as hectic as a lawyer. But I'll say, right. there are a lot of synchronicity and a lot of similarities with this stuff. Right. And I believe that we have more than five senses. Oh my God, yeah. We absolutely have more than five senses. The There's force. no way that can explain it. The force is real. We can use that Star Wars analogy. I do. Right. That's that's what got me into this stuff. Correct. I, I mean, just uh, it's so cool to me. I just uh, don't. It's just so cool. Like it's like we we can each become our own little Jedi's. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of Yoda right now. But um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's highly invigorating, and it's a higher vibration when you're talking right. about this stuff. It just it just like it's healing. It's just like every like the culminate the culmination of expressing yourself your true self and being attuned with your innate gifts i love it <laughs> and you're and really tapping into like what makes you happy and going towards that and then as a result you'll find that you will elevate other people's lives because of that because you're going towards those again those higher emotions of what life should be you know and i want to make something clear um yeah, you know, we see the signs of the universe they give us through, you know, the the numbers, angel numbers, or the, the signs like you saw that truck going by. But at the end of the day, you still have you still have to kind of work hard, and um, you know, you can't cheat life. You know, these are just tools you can use in your life to uh, enhance it or Absolutely. make you sure you're on the right way. But you, st there's no <laughs> replacement for hard work. Like you should still work hard. You know, um, like getting after the gym or going hard in your studies, like you work, you're brought off like much like other people in this world, but there's way, there's life hacks to make life happy and joyous. It's living to wor no, work to live, not work, not live to work. Right. Yeah. Right, that kind right. of dynamic. Right. Right. Absolutely. Right. Okay. So, um, get some closing statements here. Um, I kind of like to end the show with just uh, something that you're grateful for. 
I'm grateful to be here right now. I'm grateful to be on your podcast. I'm grateful to see you doing your podcast and growing on your own level and and advancing. And I'm just grateful for anyone who listens to this. And if they take anything from it, even a small tidbit, or if they're inspired by it, then that's a beautiful thing for all of us. Exactly. If you can just touch one life or one person that needs it the most, you know. That's like the most gratifying experience any of us could have. Mm. I like I like using this stuff to help other people. That's what mm. I've learned about my own understanding of this. For many years, I was in denial about my gifts, and I didn't want to like express it to people, and I kept it kind of hush-hush. Mm. I was in like a, a psychic closet, so to speak. Mm. And I, I think by becoming public about it and having the courage to do that and not fearing re- ramifications, because I mm. think we're in a renaissance right now with our day and age. For sure. With everything, especially with millennials. I think your age group is probably the most open-minded to this stuff, mm. and I commend you guys for that, because I really do think it's going to make a big impact on the future of our society in the direction of where all this stuff is going mm. you know um to go off that i'm just really happy to see where you are in life you thank know? you I, i've only known you for a year um it's your story is very um inspiring and people can learn a lot from it and just seeing how much more life energy you have in every aspect of your life it's it's really cool like you're you're seeing the manifestation board like all that's it's happening because you're you're resol- you're putting out that vibration that you are now attracting you know it's it's powerful stuff it's, it's so cool <laughs> um but yeah that's awesome so Very jason powerful. i really want to thank you for coming on the show um i really appreciate it i know you're a really busy guy to make the time to come out and do this it was, it was great so this was a great way for me to to you know re- um, reflect on things today so i appreciate mm-hmm. you having me thank you so much all right guys with that being said have a great weekend and get after whatever you're trying to do accomplish in your life get after it and try to attune to those higher um, emotions. All right, guys. Take care.